0: Do you believe in ghosts? seen the ghost stories the podcast but you knew that already because you clicked that play button or unless it was by accident if so welcome uh, if you're if you're a first time listener welcome as well uh, so yeah Halloween just passed we had a we had a really nice time and actually our our Halloween stories got a huge amount of listeners so thank you all so much for tuning in. we hope you enjoyed it and if you've not done so yet go to facebook.com forward slash ghost stories the podcast and vote for if you think a friend's trick and treat was based in fact or pure work of fiction it will appear on our radio show eventually the reveal show that we do um which yeah segues me into that perfectly if you don't know we do actually have a monthly show now on 106.9 n live which is a local community station to where i live Um, last Friday of every month, it's a lunchtime listen. We're gonna play two or three stories and get people to... Well, sorry, not get people to guess, and we will be revealing which ones are based in fact and which are pure works of fiction, because we know there's been a lot of demand to actually find out the answer to these, and really just give you the inspiration behind a few of the stories. And there'll be everything from season one onwards. If you're not able to listen, not a huge deal because, and this is the first time it's going to happen this week, uh, we will be posting catch-ups of the radio show onto the podcast. So if you're listening to this on Patreon, it's available now. So after this, you you may have listened already, but if not, you can go listen to it. If you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Boom, wherever else, uh, you can, and it's Thursday, it'll be available on Friday, so the day after. So yeah, bonus, two, two episodes this week, and I, I reveal the inspirations behind the Northamptonshire shorts, um, the subtitles, and... I'm pretty terrible. I can't remember the third story. You'll have to listen. You'll have to listen. It'll be a nice treat for you because uh, off the top of my head, I I should have written it down. Terrible preparation, Uh, but yeah. So let's get down to business. This week's story is one sent in by a listener named Andrew, and it's about the place he grew up as a child. He was there from birth, and some paranormal encounters that they had whilst there. And it's called Gladstone Villa. My family and I lived in a large mining property called Gladstone Villa, in a former mining town in South Wales. Whilst there, we experienced many unusual occurrences that simply defied rational explanation. Going back though, my parents dated for about three years before they got married in 1968, after which they decided to move into Gladstone Villa with my grandparents. By the time I was born, there were five of us residing there. I was born in August 1969, and it was soon after that my mother said strange things started to happen. She says that unusual occurrences started off gradually, nothing too noticeable, but they began to increase over time. For example, one time a mother said the family heard a noise like someone jumping down from the attic onto the landing, like a loud thud sound. Naturally thinking someone was trying to break in, they rushed to see what was going on. When they got there, they found nobody. But the hatch to the attic was wide open. like I said, things began to happen gradually, and whatever was causing these occurrences eventually occupied itself in the main bedroom of the place. Which incidentally was my grandparents' room. It soon made its presence felt by walking around the bedroom and the sound of dragging could be heard. Yet each time we entered the room, nothing could be found. As I got older and began to witness activity for myself, I saw things like electric cables being pulled by unseen forces. I saw lights going off and on when my grandfather Bill would play records on a Sunday. The music would suddenly stop. I had a particular dislike for the band Slade and any religious TV shows that my grandmother Rita would watch. There was a theory that, as my parents separated in 1972, there was some suggestion that it was my father coming around and causing trouble, trying to play pranks to scare the family. However, that couldn't be the case, as we would have noticed him in the house with everything that happened. A family friend, well, she was more of a friend of just my grandmother's. She was very skeptical when, when my grandmother told her about Gladstoneville and how haunted it was. I can still remember her going into the main bedroom, looking around and saying, oh, it's nothing more than traffic from outside causing these weird vibrations and sounds. But she soon changed her mind when she experienced something of... A very unusual event herself. One evening in particular it was when a picture flew off the wall at her with the force that it was being thrown. She rushed out of the house and, to be honest, refused to come back again. It was suggested that we contact the local press and the medium for help. The medium's name was John and when he came to Gladstone Villa he started asking, uh, he started by asking the family questions. He then began to challenge the spirit to perform by knocking on the ceiling and st- To our shock, it responded by knocking right back at him. At some point, John went into a trance-like state to try and make contact with it, but he failed to get a name. He later confirmed that obviously there was indeed a presence there, and he said it was an earthbound spirit who had some sort of unfinished business. Now, a priest was called to Gladstone Villa to bless the property, and after a few prayers, he duly left, and it was quiet for a few short months after that. No incidents, but it did return, and with a vengeance, too. Now, one evening, when my grandmother, mother, and I were watching television, My grandmother, Rita, she was reading a book, when all of a sudden my mother just so happened to look to her left and she saw a solid figure of a monk standing by the doorway. Terrified to her core, she could not speak to get her attention. She said the figure looked like a monk with his hood up, if if you know what I mean, but the shadow in place of his face. It stood there, seemingly staring at her until it turned and walked away into another room. When she got our attention, we searched the house high and low, without a sign of another person or presence anywhere. Now one night, when I was alone in a particular bedroom, where the most occurrences tended to happen, I made sure the light was on. It was very quiet, and I was lying on the bed facing the window that overlooked Cardiff Road, when suddenly, I felt something heavy pounce on the bottom of the bed. I heard the bed springs go just once, and I felt the bed bounce. I didn't look straight away, but when I did, there was nothing there. I went straight downstairs to tell my family and we all went back up to the room. We saw a distinctive paw mark on the bed, like that of an animal. I later found out that my grandfather Bill had a black Labrador called Tovey, who died before I was born. I'm convinced that's who it was. Now all these occurrences were relatively minor in comparison to the most frightening one we had. We left in the summer of 1978 when two local businessmen bought the property and uh, eventually converted it into a small hotel, changed its name to Red's Park Hotel. Now, on the night before we moved, there was one final incident which we experienced, as if it knew we were going and it really wanted to say goodbye. That's the way I saw it anyways. My mother, grandmother and I got ready to go to sleep. The light was still on. And then we heard the doorknob turning as if someone was trying to get in. Even though it wasn't like the door was locked, whoever was trying to get in was acting as if it was, turning the handle, shaking the door, more and more violently as if they wanted to get in but couldn't. Now this terrified us completely. When it stopped, we suspected it was my grandfather Bill, as he was only one who slept upstairs and we thought it may have been him just playing a prank on us. We called out to him, but then there was no answer. No laugh that would give him away or anything. We then heard our belongings that were packed in the hallway being thrown around. Finally, after a stop, we can hear what almost sounded like a baby crying faintly in another room, which was the most unsettling part of it all. The next day, I asked my grandfather Bill if it was him playing a joke on us. He insisted it wasn't him, and to this very day I believe him. I had my 40th birthday at the Reds Park Hotel in August 2009, for old time's sake. And it was one of the staff members that told me about a ghost, and I actually proceeded to tell them what happened to me there 30 years before. Now all the staff I spoke to had their own personal experiences, lights going on and off, the odd sightings in room 5, a bride in white that was seen, and again claims of the baby crying which still made little sense to me at the time when I heard them, after which I was encouraged to do some research on the property and uh, the Carterford area to see if I could find out anything more about the activity that happened. Firstly, I found out from a local library newspaper that Gladstone Villa dated back to 1900 and it was named after the former British Prime Minister William Gladstone. I also discovered a bit about some of the people that previously lived there. Now there was the Kimmett family, a newly married couple and a young son. However, it's a bit of a sad story, really. The son actually died at the property when he was just four months old, and this was the year they moved in. Now, to me, this explained the crying baby that we occasionally heard. The mother died in 1970, soon after I was born, which was also around the time the activity started, so in my mind, they were linked. I also found that there was a property directly opposite Gladstone Villa, dating back to the 16th century. It's now a pub called the Rafa Club, but a priest hide is said to have been there, but it's obviously sealed up. Maybe this explained the monk that my grandmother saw? Either way, the experiences of Gladstoneville stay with me since leaving, and I'll remember them for the rest of my life. In fact, I encourage you to look it up. I'm sure it's still shrouded in a mystery that has yet to be discovered. This place needs to be thoroughly investigated, and is well worth documenting. I'm quite serious about this, and very sincere. Wow, what a fantastic story. And uh, Andrew, thank you so much for sending that in. In fact, listeners, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Andrew had so many different stories from Gladstoneville that we actually had to cut a few out because the podcast would have been going on forever, which I'm sure you would have all loved. But uh, I'm not going to lie, editing would have become a bit of a nightmare. So again, thank you so much for sending it in. And if you're listening to that and it's part in your mind that you have a spooky story you want to send and, and share with us... Um, shoot it over so you can go to facebook and and, and send it there uh, you can go to our website ghost-stories.co.uk which admittedly i'm not great at updating at the moment because we are gonna migrate that to a new website so it's a bit quiet there but we are monitoring it uh, nonetheless but yeah thank you andrew for saying in and um and hopefully it encourages some other listeners to get in touch with their stories as well before we uh we leave you for another couple weeks uh I want to say don't forget to click that uh, like button on Facebook, subscribe button if you've not already, and drop us uh, a five star review or max stars, wh- whatever system you're listening to. That type of stuff really helps us rank and, uh, and and get more listeners. And of course listening is more than enough support for us, uh, but if you really want to go the extra mile and help us push towards that goal of a weekly show uh, year round, so I guess 52 shows a year give or take. Um, then you can go to Patreon and for as little as a dollar you can get shows a few days early and that'll help us get towards that goal eventually of of making ghost stories a year-round endeavour whereas at the moment it's every fortnight uh, nine, nine months a year because... It's a it's it's a one man show. Well, my wife helps as well, and uh, I'm dealing with all the stories we get. And this we get so many listener stories; they're amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's just keeping up with it. I, I'm sure you can all understand. Um, I would love eventually to have a few more incentives when people send stories in, and and a few more run a few competitions and prizes, stuff like that. But obviously your your, your listenership is, is more than enough, you know. Uh, we, we so appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, last month, in fact, was a record month. So October was a record month for the podcast in terms of, of listeners and listens. So uh, I want to send a heartfelt thank you all out to all, all of you. Uh, thank you so much. We've got listeners all over the globe. Uh, you're all all amazing. Uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in. Um, before I go off, you know, I don't know <laughs> it's like an, an award ceremony. Thank yous, But I'm going to I'm going to cut it right there. Uh, one reminder is if you've not, if it's available. So if you're listening on iTunes and it's Friday, or you're on Patreon, don't forget now to go click our weekly, um, so our monthly radio show catch up. I'm sure you'll you'll very much enjoy it. And otherwise, we'll see you in another couple weeks. So yeah, that's all for us. And don't stop asking. Do you believe in ghosts?